it's a look back at 2021 and a bit of a preview of 2022 on Philanthropy Today. And joining us on the program today is Vern Hendricks, President and CEO of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, and Elaine Duvetter, who is the Vice President. And uh, boy, there's a lot of things, Vern, in 2021. We look back and there's a lot of need, thus a lot of things that we got accomplished around here. Certainly. Uh, obviously, 2021 was the, the follow-up year of all the things that got shut down from the year before, and we had hoped that uh, possibly uh, it would be a little more active year, but it was still kind of a recovery year, and, and so there were some things that didn't take place. But, um, uh, you know, there's reviewing the highlights, uh, obviously being able to share the with the community from the community show that we have, the GMCF Community Hour, and we started a podcast series, the Philanthropy Today, of which we're on, and, and we're excited about that and moving forward. And so, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a part of what we've done, that we always want to keep the news of our nonprofits uh, in the community's mind and so the charitable needs that they have so that our philanthropists and our donors can, can make those matches whenever they can. And talking about some of the matches and, and the donations, Elaine, you know, I think there was just a tremendous amount of response from the community because the need was so strong. Yes, um, with Match Day, we, we exceeded all of our expectations in 2021. We reached nearly 1.5 million in gifts that day, which we never thought we'd get that high, I don't think. Looking back at Match Day, Vern, and I was just totally amazed as, you know, I was following along on the website all day long on April 22nd. And like Elaine said, one point, almost a half million and a half dollars. It was. Uh, it was a great day. We knew we were going to have a better year simply because we had more nonprofits involved, but you never know how far they're going to take it. And uh, uh, the exceeding number was uh, was pretty amazing, and we thought we were going to get pretty close to 1.5 at the end there. Didn't quite reach it, but uh, it was so much more than the 1.2 collectively that we raised the year before. Uh, we were certainly very happy about it. And it is a true testament to the generous people that we have in the community, and, and, and I think just the show and that we have in the morning and just the communication that people are learning about um, what these charities do is, is pretty uh, pretty good and we're very proud of being able to prepare we're very proud of being able to present that to the community it's also really exciting elaine when when you have a a community that has someone so generous as phil howe has been with grow green match day and that's something that's become rather infectious with other match day opportunities throughout uh, the foundation right we are very blessed to have phil i think we're the only foundation that i've ever heard of that has you know one matching donor that does a hundred percent match so we do great and it's all thanks to him um, but what he's done also has inspired our our partner and affiliate foundations we're up to like 12 match days i think with our affiliates and if we hadn't had such a success here i don't think that they would have even thought of ever doing this so i think also we're the only foundation that has match days for most of our affiliates and it's such a prideful day for them um they never you know they don't think they can raise much and then at the end of the day they're always so excited with whatever they raise because it's more than they anticipated and Vern, you seem to continue to have an increase of the number of affiliate partnerships that you have with other communities 
Yes, we're up to uh, 15 affiliate uh, partners right now. We we changed the name to a partners program this year, and uh, for the purposes, if, if our affiliate has a, a 501c3 already, uh, we're calling them an associate. If we are their 501c3, then they're an affiliate, and so the overall program we're calling partners. And we have uh, four educational associates in that that are basically school foundations in these communities. One of our, which is our own, the Manhattan Ogden School Foundation, and uh, we oversee those and help manage those for those uh, boards as well. So all told, um, our match day program this year collectively was more than 4.2 million dollars on those days, and and we had 12 match days, 13 with ours, and we're excited for those communities. And it's really been a probably one of the best marketing tools that we utilized to get the message about how a community foundation works out there. And Grow Green Match Day is one thing, and then you take a look overall at, uh, at the assets that are available to the GMCF, and that's an astounding, astounding number. Certainly, and uh, just looking back, I mean, when the Kansas Health Foundation started the Community Foundation movement in the late 90s, early 2000s, one of the pushes then was to create endowments so that these community foundations could be sustainable. And so in our match days, that's why we have a component here in Manhattan where the match goes to the endowment. And uh, as long as these charities uh, understand that this is something that helps them for their future, and they keep buying in and Phil keeps supporting it, it'll be a great, uh, great growth for the community foundation moving forward. 2021, Vern also saw something new for the GMCF, and that is a new location, although you didn't really have to move very far. No, that was great. Uh, as we've continued to grow and as the building uh, managers here wanted to make some changes here in Colony Square, uh, we certainly uh, transitioned to a new office space that is something that uh, uh, we've kind of had our eye on for a long time. Which is, So now we're on the west end of the Colony Square and we, uh, we um, are in the front to back and it provides every one of our staff a exterior office with a window and it allows us probably much better communication in as we work as a group because we when we come out of our offices now we're we're all coming together and we have such so much more casual conversation work conversation uh, in that process and so it makes it really nice and we're the boardroom is bigger and we have a receptionist area and and so we're we're excited about this moving forward There's a lot more things that you're working with, and that means you also have had some increases in staff over the last year. Most definitely. Uh, Some of the new staff was we brought Kendra on, uh, who is basically handling grant writing, uh, helped us with our match days a bit too. Uh, And so having her here to kind of focus on that grant writing and uh, uh, supporting Elaine on the match days, she also got into, she's kind of chairing the Community Arts Committee, which is a big push for us this last year. And so it's been really great to have her on board. Uh, Felix has come on board to... uh, to help us in our uh, first impressions and in our social media and digital uh, work that we have. And so it's been great to, to have Felix Jimenez with us, and, and we're, we're looking to expand his uh, area with the foundation as much as we can, too, going forward. 
Uh, we get to that time of year where there's a lot of decisions that are being made with a lot of the dollars that come through the, the doors here at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Scholarships is um, a, a big part of that. And, and Elaine, it's about time for people to get filling out those applications online to receive some of those scholarship monies. Yeah, usually over break, that's when students need to really pay attention because they can get a lot of that done when they're out of class. Um Edie Nichols heads that program up, so I don't have as much to do with that as I used to, but um, just check our website if people have a question, if there's some open scholarships to apply for. It's all online now. Okay, very convenient. And the website is? mcfks.org. Just go there and hit the scholarships tab and you're good to go. Correct. All right. Well, Vern, let's talk a bit about some of the grants and, you know, distribution of the grants is, you know, that's... That's something that is fairly cyclical, but you've got new opportunities to to help shore up uh, some organizations with their efforts. Certainly, I'll talk more about the uh, some of the grant programs and it, let Elaine get into the data for you. But um, as part of the community foundation, we oversee several grant programs. Uh, uh, many of them know about the Goldstein Foundation uh, uh, grants program that we have each year because that's Jack, when Jack made his gift to the foundation early on. That was one of the primary ones we had. Well, that has grown when the deals left us in the state. Now we have a, ne- a deal grants program. Um, the Butler family, uh, in, in Bernie's passing, they have started a, a Butler Family Community Foundation here that, that they're still active and working with. Um, we have the Howe Family Foundation, and Phil's still with us, obviously, and so he has a board and actively working through that. And so we're blessed to have several groups of individuals, plus our own Grants for Greater Manhattan program, that are that are looking at ways that they can make a difference in the community and and i'll let lane get into more of the specifics on how that all works but um, collectively we're probably going to give nearly 13 million dollars away this year to charitable efforts Elaine, with the grants that Vern's referring to, there's increase in numbers of grants, the increasing numbers of dollars that is are distributed through grants. But there's a process that we probably ought to ask our Philanthropy Today listeners to be aware of should they feel that uh, their organization can benefit from some of the grants that are available through the GMCF. Right. Um, we have several grant programs, and some of them are, you know, cyclical. So, for instance, Grants for Greater Manhattan, that one is at the beginning of the year. So that one starts soon. In end of January is when people can start applying for those um, until the end of February. And those are for pretty much the smaller requests under 10000 Um and for pretty much anything that we would normally uh, grant to, such as basic human need, that's that's always looked at very favorably. Things that everyone needs in our community, um, food, shelter, housing, that sort of thing. And we also look at, you know, smaller requests for the arts and youth and um, elderly. You know, it, it covers a big a big spectrum of things. And that will be announced probably in April. Um, and then we also have our Yes Fund grants. Those are for after-school youth programs and summer youth programs. That one is in the fall. And we also have YIC grants, which is youth-related grants. And those are actually 
the decisions are made by youth. So our YIC group is teenagers, and we give them the opportunity to accept grant applications, review grant applications, and make all the decisions. So it's really a great learning opportunity for those youth. Those are for smaller grants, anywhere from 300 up to maybe 2,000. Um, and I think they gave out a total of about 5,000 this year. Um, that kind of is the ballpark of what they uh, they give out total. One thing that I've seen an awful lot of in 2021, we've had just an increase in the interest of bringing art to the community, Vern. Yeah, the community arts program uh, that we've had right now that was really inspired by the deal when they left us in a state with a, an earmark of at least a third of the funds going to arts uh, efforts. And so we've engaged a group of trustees to that had an affinity, a love, a knowledge of the arts uh, and had some discussion the last few years. And we've talked with the city, we've talked with the school district, we've just talked with general uh, uh, businessmen and women about uh, how do we get this arts program uh, really moving forward and we're excited 2022 really is going to provide an opportunity for us to to expand even beyond the murals i mean 2021 was a kind of a, a mural movement uh, you saw probably 10 11 murals in the community uh, pop up on the sides of buildings and and we're excited about that 2022 we hope is a little bit more of a sculpture or uh, some other form of art that we can uh, ex share with the community externally so that uh, we're, we have a well-rounded arts community and, uh, and the art world expands a lot of horizon and uh, but right now we're trying to be strategic in locations strategic in style um, and interest so that we're we're providing that joy and, and interest to several different type of arts enthusiasts at this point in time well we had a little bit of a change in 2021 with the CFAs, the Community Foundation Awards. 2020, we didn't have it due to COVID. Took a virtual position in 2021. How'd that work for you? I think it worked great, and it probably provided us with some more learning experiences about moving forward, how we can share the CFAs uh, in a hybrid format. Um, 2022, we do plan to go back uh, in person on March 21st, 2022, Hilton Inn Conference Center. Uh, but at the same token, we know that there's still going to be a few people that uh, uh, may not have the ability to get there uh, because of COVID or maybe just because of uh, uh, ability. And uh, we want to share that event evening with individuals and so we plan to do a hybrid event probably moving forward and telecast that event uh, it may mean that fewer people come in person because they have the convenience of staying at home but that's okay to me it's more about the messaging uh, of, of connecting our individuals that have the ability to give money to charitable causes with those leaders of those charitable causes and so that they can find the, the natural match I think the CFAs is just a wonderful community event, and uh, it's, it's, it's fun to be a part of. But even more important, it's uh, exciting if you are a nominee, not to mention being a, an individual that is given an award at the CFAs. And Elaine, let's talk a little bit about uh, the process about nominating someone for a CFA award. Well, it's pretty easy to nominate someone. You just go to the website. It's thecfas.com, and there's a place there to nominate. You can pick which category, and we, we have a February 1 
2022 deadline. So it's really important to get that in as soon as possible. Um, it takes time to get all the videos done on all of the uh, finalists. So we're asking that people really think about who do you know that has been very generous with their time or their talent in our community. We have four categories, um, two for volunteers and one's the rising star and that's for under 50. And then we also have the distinguished volunteer over 50. So if you know someone who really does a lot in our community, um, just volunteers all the time, get their name in. We have two categories in the volunteer program, and that's the civic philanthropy and the business philanthropy. Um, civic should be for a project that a group is doing, you know, a civic organization. Uh, if they have a big project for the year or they just finished one, that's the kind of thing we're looking for. And then business is just, do you know, businesses that do a lot for our community. And we would love to have those nominations. Okay. TheCFAs.com is where you got those filed. And uh, boy, we're looking forward to that coming up again in March, Vern. Absolutely. And uh, we combine that evening with the awards event and some of our general GMCF awards to trustees, young trustees, and and the likes. Um, but it's also the evening of our annual meeting. And so uh, we're able to recognize our new board members that night, anybody that's been nominated as a new trustee or a young trustee. And so it's, it's a formal night that has a lot of entertainment, a lot of information, and we keep it on a pretty tight schedule. And, and I encourage people to, uh, to to watch for the date, March 21st, uh, watch for the information on how to connect, but uh, tickets are only $25 uh, to come. Um, hybrid, obviously, is going to be free, and uh, we're just excited about people uh, engaging that evening. So, Well, we're looking forward to talking more about that and all the other activities uh, throughout the year and the individuals that are associated with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation on one of 2021's great accomplishments, and that's the philanthropy today podcast that the gmcf supports and i thank you for for doing that yes we're uh, uh we're excited to bring the philanthropy today podcast series to the community uh, it's an extension of our gmcf community hour that we have every monday morning uh, we're finding that uh, we've got plenty of news to share not only from our own manhattan community but from our partner communities as well uh, we want to put that information out on the networks uh, whether it be how to give to a charitable cause or just in general vehicles how to give to charities and and what services are provided through a community foundation effort so uh, lots of news to take place in 2022 should be an exciting year milestones are being reached by us every day so excited to share that uh, particularly at our annual meeting and uh, anybody that's got any ideas or want to make some connections uh, or just have a charitable interest in mind please contact the community foundation it's philanthropy today and elaine duvetter thank you for joining us today thank you Vern hendricks as always thank you thank you as well